0: Lula LuLaRoe. What in the hell, LuLaRoe, what is that? We are creating confidence and security. I had achieved the dream. I was selling magic leggings. This is a huge opportunity in America. Women were selling breast milk so they could afford startup costs. It had just become a circus. Woo-hoo! Mark starts spouting off passages from the Book of Mormon. A mass delusion. Oh my god, I'm in a cult. Did any of them have a clue how to run a company of this size? No. What is the real story of LuLaRoe? Woo! Starfish! Woo! American What's going on? Yeah! So today, we are going to sell some leggings on our podcast! Oh my gosh! Leggings! I need leggings so bad! Yeah. All right, I'm just kidding. Oh, I, I really wanted Vikings. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um actually, I have a great story for us today. And this is such a big story that it's one of those that I'm going to have to make it a two-part. <gasps> okay. Yeah, so today we are going to talk about a typical classic pyramid scheme fun i love those oh i know they're like one of my favorite american frauds the power of the pyramid oh yes (laughs) so this scheme comes to us from corona california which i believe is a subdivision of la Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. i i know a little bit about california not too much but you know so this is about a couple by the name of mark and deanne stidham okay or Stidham. i'm not really sure exactly yeah you know i'm bad with names <laughs> so, historically so <laughs> so basically this couple they started a business out of the trunk of their car selling maxi skirts which i had to like look that up because i don't really know what the hell a maxi skirt is <laughs> do you know what that is starfish um is it like a short <laughs> skirt i don't know like um it's kind of like a a flowy skirt oh I don't know if you remember. One of our flamboyant friends used to wear them all the time. <laughs> uh. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh yeah, okay. And he okay. loved them. Yes, they're they're just kind of like a real flowy, um, like elasticy, comfortable material. Okay, okay. I don't know. I think I might have owned one at some point. I'm not really a dress skirt type of gal so right right um but anyway so they were selling these maxi skirts that had different patterns out of the trunk of their car they started this in 2012 okay so pretty close to 10 years ago. Yeah. And so they just kind of sold these maxi skirts to a few retailers here and there. And they started to realize that this was actually going to make them some money because people were very interested in this. Hmm. Because what they could do is they would go to all the fabric stars in California and they would just buy up all the different fabrics and stuff. And then they would just turn them into these skirts that they were selling. Hmm. And they realized that they were able to start getting people interested in some of the local Retailers were buying their products, so they're like, Oh, we're actually able to make a bit of money doing this, you know? Yeah, this sounds legit. So, sounds legit, right? Yeah. Sounds like a pretty good way to start a business, yeah. right? Yeah, and so what they did then was they realized that they wanted to start their own business, so they named the company LuLaRoe What's that? And it was Lula I know. So, it was named after their first three grandchildren. Oh. Uh, So Lucy, Lola, and Monroe were the names of the grandchildren. Yeah. So they actually started to become pretty successful with this. So they started recruiting people to resell their skirts at their stores or online through social media. Then they realized that there was this huge untapped market of stay-at-home moms looking to make extra income on the side, which we all want that, right? We all have our side gigs. So yeah, yeah. So This is our side gig, right? Yeah. (laughs) Right, right. So (laughs) we hope not one day, people. But yeah, yeah, right now. Okay, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd like to give a background of these folks so that we can kind of familiarize ourselves with them. So Deanne actually had seven children. Wow. And she was actually divorced. She is a Mormon. Her and Mark are both Mormons. Hmm she met mark stidham on an airplane 23 years ago okay which i don't know man i've never met anybody on an airplane before i mean i don't go traveling like as much as like maybe other people but that's just a kind of a crazy like it's almost like a hollywood story it's like meeting people on an airplane have you met i have i have been on a lot of really yes i've never (laughs) met anybody that like i hooked up with or anything but I've met friends and then we kept in touch and mostly I cheat though because it was like business stuff so of course right you all know why you're there we right. we're able to yeah. talk shop yeah. a little sure so anyway <laughs> so they met on an airplane and hit it off it must have been a really long flight um <laughs> it looks like they had a total of 15 children together between her and Mark wow and also adopted they adopted it's, a lot of kids it's the LuLaRoe bunch yeah, so it's like a Brady bunch of yeah, Lula Rowe, right? And I mean, good for them. They're adopting kids, you know. You know, they started this business, seemed pretty legit here at first, right? They got married in 1998. So Mark actually worked in construction before he started the Lula Rowe. He basically had the ideal middle-class childhood, grew up a Mormon guy with his parents actually were into Amway, huh. which is another... Now, it's not a pyramid scheme, you know, because there is a difference between MLMs and pyramid scheme. They're like an MLM, but it's like the Tupperware parties or Pampered Chef where you're selling the other people's stuff to make a profit and sign people up to help you sell and do little parties and all that stuff that I hate. Right, right. Now it's, like all, we've talked now about it's all online, too. They, like, send you... The- these invites online, you know, I'm like, <laughs> no thanks. Right. In 2013, they became incorporated. And then in 2014, they decided to add leggings to their line of clothing. Mm. And that's where things took a turn for this company. So I want to talk about this for a second because it's important. So I think it's a genius model. And it really could have worked. And it really could have been really great had they just done everything correctly. You know, we talk about this a lot. It's like if you just would do the shit correctly, it could be a really great thing. So what they were doing was basically they hired a designer to design the patterns for these leggings. Yeah. And then they had a manufacturer that would manufacture the leggings for them for different patterns and sizes. And so it was kind of like the Beanie Baby sensation, you recall, from eBay, where it's like, (laughs) I mean, that could be a whole nother show on that. But anyways, so this one is, it's like we're creating scarcity by saying, okay, you can only get like these type of printed leggings for only a period of time until the pattern is done for. So like they're unique, Mm -hmm. right? So, and that's what you want. right? When you're doing a business, you want to create something that has a scarcity in the market and something that is rare. Nobody wants to wear the same leggings as their neighbor, I guess. Right. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Like you don't want to go to Walmart and Target and get the same thing, right? Like you want your own unique (laughs) stuff. Yeah. So they've created this brand. And I I mean, it's genius, really, because it's so much better than a lot of the Me Too products that you see on Amazon and stuff like that, where it's a bunch of sellers sell the same stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I loved that they were doing that. And they realized the potential of that. But the problem is a lot of these people, they have great ideas, but they don't have the business know how to do the kind of stuff that they need. So when they started Lou LaRoe, it it became a sensation. It was very fast moving. that grew very quickly to what they were doing. Instead of them going and hiring a professional, like I like to do when I start business or when I started my business, I like to have a group of professionals that I work with that know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Like start with your financial team, like have a team of CPAs. Like, you know, if you're going to do something, do it right. Yeah. Yeah. The first time. Yeah. Anyhow, so they hired their whole family to work for them. Okay. Like, their children, basically. (laughs) So they're, like, sweatshop children were down in the basement, like, (laughs) making pants? I don't... (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't think it was quite like that, but it was... (laughs) Okay. Like, these are people that don't really have any business experience, you know, and they're probably working their own other nine-to-five job or whatever. So... You get what you pay for when you do stuff like that. So uh, obviously they had to figure out how to kind of do everything from the seat of their pants and did not seek out, in my opinion, professional help Mm. when they should have probably in the beginning stages. So then in 2015, they started marketing to recruit people to sell their leggings. So this is where everything started getting a little crazy. In 2016 is kind of when a lot of stuff went down. They had $70 million in sales. Wow. Jeez. Which is like huge. You know, you think about it. They were basically hardly anything <coughs> two years prior. In 2014, they're just starting this whole thing. And then they go from nothing to $70 million that's in sales. Insane. That's insane. Such a huge growth for a brand new company. Right. That's not even funny. Oh, yeah. That would shoot out red flags everywhere. Right. You know, it's like you were doing something. Right. But they have like 99% margin or something. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, something like that. So I do want to kind of go backtrack a little bit before we get into more of this. Mark Stidham is, I would put him as a, I would say they were both kind of narcissists. So they would make all these events, right? Like they would go and do all these huge events that they would hold in different places, just like the seller Playbook or some of the other ones that we've talked about. This is where they recruit people, like a Tony Robbins-style event. So they're going along with these events. And I guess during some of these events, it it was huge. Like, they would fill these stadiums full of all these basically white women. There was not a whole lot of diversity with this. (laughs) So these are all stay-at-home moms, middle-aged white women. And so during one of their seminars... Mark Stidham decided that he wanted to start spouting off quotes from the Book of Mormon during, like, they're recruiting for the, I would say, victims of the company. So, this wasn't this red got, flags for them. They weren't like, what? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there was like a few women in the audience that were probably recognized some of that scripture talk or church talk and were like, what is this? What are we getting ourselves into? Yeah. I've heard like from people, you know, it felt very cult-like. It was like a cult-like atmosphere at these seminars. Later on, they hired a bunch of celebrities to come in. I mean, it was just crazy. It was just this whole event around these women that was just to suck people in, basically, to get as many people involved with this Here's where it gets crazy. So the startup cost for the average person for this was anywhere from like $2,000 to $10,000. So these women were going to like get a package of all the pants, of all the leggings, and they would have to sell a certain amount. Right. Now, the crappy part is like, you don't have control over what patterns that they send you. Okay. So they can send you whatever type of pattern that they want, but you have to front at least two to $10,000, oh, depending on what package. And that was for the inventory and your onboarding and probably working with people like above you. Because again, this is a pyramid scheme. Right. I'm going to say that throughout this podcast because I want to make it clear, this is a fucking pyramid scheme. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And those are illegal in the U.S. for a very good reason. And this is a great story as to why and how they work. So basically, Mark Stidham and Deanne were encouraging women to sell their breast milk in order to, yeah, in order to get the startup money (laughs) to start this. Oh, my goodness. Well, yeah, because mom home has a 10 grand sitting around, you know. Right. So, yeah, so go ahead and sell your breast milk Ugh. so that you can get the money to start the business yeah. he also used patriarchal language reinforcing anti-feminism he would say things during the seminars this is marx did him don't talk man to man this is what he wants you to tell your husband about this business that you're starting okay so this is what quotes from him don't talk man to man don't mother him what? don't don't have yeah it keeps it keeps getting grosser like don't have better ideas than (laughs) (laughs) these are obviously things she was doing right to him i mean god oh yeah wow yeah don't admire other men's qualities i mean (sighs) this is like straight out of like 1952 oh gosh like she's woman's places in the home the three magic a's starfish appreciate accept and admire ew And a time to let him be your hero. Oh. Yeah. Why does this have so, anything to do with anything? Like, they're trying to sell pants here. I don't get this. Like, right. I, yeah, so. Mind your business, so they're, Mark. What they're, what they're trying to do. I know, Mark. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know where that comes from. But I think what he was trying to do was trying to convince the husbands to give the ladies money to buy into this. Group, oh. Right? So he's like, well, you have to please. So, so here's what Diane said. This is quite appalling. But this is out there. And I'm going to read it right here she said all you have to do is get on your (gasps) knees for five minutes a day and please your husband and he will let you you want i was gonna say you might as well just tell him (laughs) satisfy him (laughs) Jeez, (laughs) and he give you some money so you can buy pants wow so you can buy some pants to resell oh my goodness this is nuts oh yeah so basically, they started like trapping people and, and forcing their husbands to like quit their jobs. And we're going to get into more of this coming up on our next episode. We'll go through the business structure of like how this all went down. But they were basically forcing all of these people to believe that you're going to retire your husband with this money. Like, look at our top sellers and look how much money they made. They bring their top, quote unquote, 1%, which is the top of the pyramid. Of course, the the top of the pyramid always makes money. Yeah. Yeah, right yeah. you know the first like five retailers that they probably started working with and then recruited from there and there this pyramid of crap and then they have of course different names for each of the pyramid the mentors are the ones on top and the coaches below mentor and the trainer you know so on <laughs> barfy oh they oh they barfy like drew out team. the pyramid and was like acknowledging the pyramid even Wow. Yeah. Oh, well, I can't wait to hear the second part of this thing. Yeah. And, I mean, it, it just keeps getting better and better. So okay. part two, we're going to discuss what happened with Lula LuLaRoe. <laughs> <laughs> Lula, LuLaLoe. Okay. Thanks everyone for listening to Real Talk. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen. We look forward to having you on our next one.